Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week, we realize we can actually lose a conference basketball game this year. As Tech falls on the road to UTSA 89-73, to but bounces back against UTEP and wins that game 64-61. to is two games really big a big enough sample size to say we're not going to lose a conference game? Two well, games against the same team. Well, we had been favored by pretty much every ESPN, Ken Palm, Massey that we none of the games we had left we weren't favored in. That doesn't no. mean we'd win them all, but that was enough to to pump up our confidence a little bit. But yeah, let's go ahead and start with the loss against UTSA again. That was eighty nine to seventy three. I know Evan, you said that you weren't able to watch. Yeah, what? the hell happened were they (laughs) like i I mean i i see here they hit a lot of threes so i mean were they just like taking deep shots like what was going on well it's not just the deep shots i'm gonna point to something that i think that we definitely have talked about a million times and that is more shockingly almost suspiciously bad ineptitude at the stripe uh for our latte bulldogs 15 of 29 from free throw shooting against gtsa <laughs> I hey, just, at least if you win 100 percent, you still wouldn't have won that game right i mean yeah but it would have been a two-point game yeah. yeah but even then i mean this game was lost in the first half and evan if you want a quick breakdown of how this game went it went three 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 like yeah utsa went what 56% from three. That's on 32 shots. Like, that's an yes. abnormal number high. Shots. Yeah, it wasn't even just they were good from three. and They went like seven for 13 or something. And yeah, that... they they made one more three-pointer than LaTeX attempted. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, while Tech was down, and you'd expect to see a lot more threes from them when like it, you're trying to get back into the game. And Tech as a team, right as of right now, we're allowing 61 points per game including this 89 point loss right so yeah and and going in utsa had scored a lot of points like we expected this game to be high scoring and hoped that tech's defense would be better than utsa's offense but basketball is one of those sports where you can play really good defense and they can still make shots because all you can do is contest the shot and if it goes in it goes in my favorite stat is that la tech's largest lead was two points and utsa's was 29 points ouch Tech was favored by six and a half going in. And if you look at how the game prediction chart goes from the beginning of the game to the end, it just looks like the backside of the mountain. It's just straight down until around halftime. It was almost certain UTSA was going to win. Because again, they were up, what, 30 at halftime? 26? Luckily, Tech did bounce back in the second half a bit. They outscored UTSA by 10, which feels good. But again, when you're down 16, then or 26 at halftime and end the game down 16, then that doesn't really help very much. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. And again, just one more thing about UTSA shooting. It wasn't just one player that was hot either. It felt like the whole team was hot. You couldn't really just double team or whatever one guy to keep him from being able to, to shoot threes. Uh, Jackson, who Ken Palm gives their MVP award of the game to, he was eight for 15 from deep. Wallace was three for six. Barcy was four for five. And Hellams was two for two. Only two players on their team shot less than 33% from three, which is the average across college basketball. Wow. Yeah, there's there's nothing you can do. All you can really do is just write it off and say this happens. Tech has done it. Tech it does. Tech Mississippi State. Yeah, I, I mean, it happens. And can we just talk about for a second? I, I was not able to watch this game, but the first thing I saw about it was the halftime tweet from the Tech Hoops account. And... 
the tweet really makes it look like we're winning 53 to 27. <laughs> but it says UTSA made 11 threes and has like the rolls eyes emoji. And then I was like, wait, 27, wait. 11 times three and so i'm like doing this math i look like uh i, I look like julia roberts in that <laughs> and, um, and so i'm like wait no yeah but it says la tech 53 in blue and then utsa 27 so i was really confused for a second but they fixed it for the utep game yeah so it just assumed that the bigger number was supposed to go to the bulldogs but yeah even looking back at that because i've been doing a thing where we tweet out the the rebound differential and turnover differential at halftime and utsa was was hot from three like we said several times but they also had 10 more rebounds at halftime than tech did which wow. yep and we've been a good rebounding team so far this season right or am i off on that no we've been, been good a, yeah been a good rebounding team i felt like the differential has always been positive at least by the end of the game we ended the game we had 32 rebounds and they had 39. So we closed the gap a little bit, but not anywhere close enough to to be significant yeah. in the final. Overall, very sad. Yeah. And luckily, they were able to get that road trip ice cream after they had traveled a little further west to El Paso two nights later and defeated the Miners 64 to 61. Evan, you said you did watch this game? Yeah, I caught I caught this entire game. Last night, I had on three TVs to watch the NFL playoffs. Uh, my St. Louis Blues played and Tech on the big screen. This this game was, it was pretty much back and forth. I mean, Tech had the lead pretty much the whole first half, but they couldn't pull away. Really, I thought UTEP made some really good adjustments after about half of the, the first half. So we'll, we'll break it into quarters again, like you guys did last week when I was not here. Early on, Tech was having a lot of success attacking the paint, but we were missing some of the layups, some of the easier shots. But after the 12-minute timeout I have down in my notes here, UTEP made a really good adjustment and started just attacking the ball. We couldn't find any room inside, and, and we went minutes upon minutes without scoring from the field uh, several times in this game. Um, so UTEP played a, a really good game, and they had not lost at home up to this point. So that's worth mentioning. Right. They were 9-0 and at home, yeah. So, you know, I, I thought Tech had some careless turnovers, uh, but it was a really physical game overall. Nothing came easy. Rebounds didn't come easy. Space in the paint didn't come easy. But overall, I, I thought that Tech played well enough to win, but it, it could have easily gone the other way. Um, so it wasn't like the the UTSA game where it was clear one team was going to win, you know, it, this one kind of came down to the wire. Well, the, I see the turnovers here where you, UTEP had about seven more turnovers and stuff like that plays a big part in the game. I'm surprised Tech didn't win by more with the, with that ratio. Yeah. In, in the second half, uh, which I know you watched Nathan, UTEP at one point went on a 16 to one run. So that's kind of what happened. And it was just like, everything was going wrong. Like, we were turning the ball over. UTEP started hitting threes all of a sudden. And then there were just foul calls that were like, really? I mean, okay, I guess. But you didn't call that at the other end just now. So it, it was just one of those things where it's like everything was going UTEP's way. And they, I think they were up eight or nine at the most. Seven. Okay. And this is maybe the most promising thing to take out of this game is that when it came down to the wire, Tech started hitting their shots. Amori Archibald drained a couple threes. Then the defense in the last minute of the game was what you love to see because that's the kind of stuff you need, like in the conference tournament, for example, which we'll talk about until it happens and inevitably crushes us. Please. <laughs> but yeah, Kobe Williams and AAA had humongous plays on defense to win the game, like straight up. Uh, we were up by one point and we had two steals on two possessions 
um, that ultimately iced the game and, and won it for us. Yeah, I do want to mention the those last few seconds, but also that Kobe Williams is quickly becoming one of my favorite players on this team. Uh, yeah. The defense he's played, especially in that final minute against UTEP, but just on the season, it feels like every time that Tech draws a charge, it's because Kobe Williams played phenomenal defense and sold it well, which sucks because it feels like you're halfway to what people complain about in soccer. I'm sorry if I offend you, Matt. <laughs> Lots of flopping, but that's how charges get called sometimes is you have to sell that, that there's contact. He did get called for a flop too, I think, yeah. at, at one point in the second half on a three-pointer. And then he called for an actual <laughs> foul and the yeah. crowd was chanting flopper, flopper. Yeah, and he drained both free throws while getting accused of being a flopper by the by the angry uh, El Pasoans? El Pasians? Don't do this. El Pasians? <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, yeah so the final few seconds. Not a thing. So Tech has the ball with a minute left. They're down by one. Uh, UTEP forces a turnover with 24 seconds left after Tech draws some time. Kobe Williams, one second later in game time, steals the ball away, passes it to Derek Jean, who makes a layup to go up by one. 62-61. UTEP calls timeout, tries to inbound the ball. Amore Archibald steals the inbound, or steals the pass from yeah. Jordan Lathan, I believe. Gets fouled. And he took, yeah, he took about seven or eight seconds off the clock there, too. Yeah, uh, the turnover is listed at 15 seconds and the steal is listed at 13, even though they happened. That's the same moment of time, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, fouled with 10 seconds left. Yeah. Comes down to free throws, right? We're only up by one. Amori Archibald, who's been our best free throw shooter this year, is at the line. But still, free throws, trigger warning, you're so scared, sinks both of them. Tech is up by three. We can breathe easy a little bit. Yeah, it's not over, but UTEP puts up a three-point. No good. They get the rebound technically, but really the ball just gets batted around for the last four seconds until the game ends. And they gave and, Kobe Williams another steal there at the last yeah, second uh, for good measure in the stat book. But That was an insane few minutes, and college basketball to me is – that's what I love is it can oh, come yeah. to those last few seconds. Everything is coming up to it. Uh, watching when we get into March Madness and hopefully Tech will be in it this year. Just Please. flipping through the last four minutes of each game. It's stuff like this that makes college basketball fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of fun to watch, the official demonym of the denizens of El Paso is El Pasoan. Okay, El Pasoan. I think that's what I said first, probably. One other note I had from the game here uh, well there's a couple more ahead I, I, I wrote down full court press equals six so that <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it, it wasn't necessarily super effective last night but you know just watching it is so much fun making them pass out to to break out of it and everything is it's just more fun that way I, I don't know I like it and then I had down that the announcers were surprised when tech made two free throws <laughs> which uh, which should tell you something about our season so far and and you can read about that in Nathan's piece he wrote last week so but yeah the announcers were kind of, at one point were like wow he made both of them <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, oh, okay, that, bro. yeah. <laughs> yeah and and like the the piece on the blog says which i'll include in the show notes i guess because that's what you're supposed to do on podcast yeah we got to self-advertise nathan yeah tech has good free throw shooters on its team just not as good as they have bad free throw shooters and so with amori archibald or caleb ledoux at the line i feel confident i feel like that's who i want there and that they'll make usually one but almost always two of those shots of course now i probably jinxed them for the rest of the year but still <laughs> never makes a free throw again 
But when it's it's bracing, I hate to keep laying it on him, but when it's bracing at the line, I'm like, okay, well, maybe he makes one of these. And he made a free throw shot at UTEP, by the way. And Tech was above average from the line. They were, what, 73%? The average is 70% from across college basketball. So they were actually technically a good free throw shooting team Saturday night, but only barely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and one other thing I guess we should note is that Isaiah Crawford got hurt. It looked pretty bad. And ho- I mean, hopefully he's okay, but he kind of, there was contact, like knee to knee contact. And it wasn't when he hit the floor, which is scary in basketball. Sometimes when guys, you know, come down on the floor, they'll, their knee will bend the wrong way or something. That's not really what happened, but he immediately like clutched his knee right after it bumped with the uh, defending player and just fell to the floor and was just in, uh, looked like agonizing pain. So, I mean, hopefully he'll be okay and and be able to get back in there but it did not look good so yeah well now let's go ahead and move over into our previews of text two games this week that will be thursday night against rice and saturday night against north texas against rice the owls tech has an 89 percent chance to win according to ken palm with a final score prediction of 81 to 67 rice is the number 200 team in the league uh, they're nine and eight overall, one and three in conference. Their best win was to the number 140, according to Ken Palm, University of Pennsylvania. Go fighting somethings. Quakers. There we go. Which makes no sense. Quakers fighting don't Quakers. fight. <laughs> Quakers don't fight. Well, surprise, they were able to put up 61 the, the, then. The fighting draft dodge. <laughs> Their worst loss was to the number 264 Lamar team. They lost 73 to 60 on the road at Lamar. Just some guy named Lamar? Or the billboards that are in South Louisiana. <laughs> Why? Should probably be a. I went, I'm sorry to say it should be an easy win, but last time we said that, Tech lost because I was a lot yeah. more worried about UTEP than UTSA. But Rice does not look like an especially good basketball team. Yeah, yeah no, no not, not at all. But we said, I remember kind of having some similar disparaging comments to make about UTSA, and we all see how that worked out. So. UTSA, though, to be fair, I, I was listening to the episode last week, and I was like, I mean, this team was picked to win the conference. They haven't played well so far, but clearly there's something there, right? So I... I don't know. If I had been here, I may have pushed back a little bit, but I was not here. So that's yeah. my own fault, I guess. Yeah. Thanks a lot for bringing the whole thing down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rice doesn't look great, though. They just beat FIU this past weekend. And really, CUSA, kind of like in football, is just like, who knows what's happening? FIU's 2-2 two and two in conference, 11-6 and six overall, and Rice just beat them. So, you know, who knows? Yeah, you got to love Kusa Chaos. The Rice team, though, their defense looks to be quite a bit worse than their offense. Their defense is allowing a two-point shot percentage of 55.1. That's 329th in the country, which Ooh, is, that is very close to last. My God. <laughs> well, their block percentage on defense, so the number of shots they block, is 333rd in the country. Oh, so it well, gets that's going to be last, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they block Ouch. 5% of shots basically and that's that's not great on offense 10.9 percent of their shots get blocked which is also not great and that's in the 300s in terms of how good that is 10.9 percent of their shots get blocked that's what it says oh (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how else to react to that (laughs) 
There are 343 total Division One basketball teams, according to Google. So okay, so tenth to worst and yeah. blocking shots. Another place where they kind of struggle is getting rebounds on offense. They only pull down 22.8% of the rebounds that are available when they shot the ball. That's 316th in the country. They do seem to be pretty good at getting to the line. Their comparison between free throw shots to field goal shots is 89th in the country. So expect to see a lot of foul shots. And they're an above average free throw shooting team shooting 71.3%. Yeah, nothing really stands out. The negatives definitely look worse than the positives. But again, you never know. Who's the chaos? Uh, the next chaos. Tech plays will be Saturday night against North Texas. The Mean Green are 9-8 overall, 3-1 and one in conference. Tech is predicted to win this game as well with a final score prediction of 70-63 to 63 by Ken Palm, which is a 73% chance to win. Yeah, and ESPN's BPI gives us a, a 93% chance to beat Rice and a 75.3% chance to beat North Texas. So it should be not necessarily competitive games, but games that we definitely have an edge in. Yeah, that's what I would think. Uh, North Texas's best win came on the road at UT Arlington. So I guess that's technically on the road, but Arlington's not that far away from North Texas. They won 77 to 66. And then their worst loss came to Eastern Michigan, which is number 206 in the country, according to Ken Palm, at home, 56 to 51. Damn. Dang. But they did beat number 303 North Carolina A&T by 20. So, ooh, watch out. <laughs> um, yeah, their, their defense looks a little bit better, though. I'm not sure what the Ken Palm numbers say, though. But on ESPN here, it, they are allowing 62.9 points per game, which is... Uh, pretty good. I mean, it's pretty comparable to Tech. They're scoring 70 points per game, and we're scoring 77. So it'll be interesting to see if our offense can kind of overpower their defensive performance in this game. Yeah, they're, it's it's a little weird looking at their scouting report on Ken Palm. Their defense looks pretty across-the-board average. Nothing really stands out one way or another. Like their turnover percentage on defense, so how often they, they force turnovers, is 76th in the country, which is pretty yeah, good. Pretty good. Uh, and their, how often they force teams to go to the line is pretty high. 334th in the country. They will foul a lot. Tech will go to the line a lot, which so scares it'll be me. Important <laughs> to make, yeah, it'll be important to make those shots. <laughs> uh, as you say it out loud. Yeah. On offense, to give you something else to be a little nervous about, they're 21st in the country at hitting three-point shots. Woo! Making 37.8%. Oh, yeah. Again, that average collegiately is around 33 for most teams. Uh, they're also above average from two and from the stripe. They're 76th in the country from two-point land and 41st in the country on making free throws. They well <laughs> struggle in all caps at blocks and steals. They're 338th in the country blocking the ball and 348th in the country stealing the ball. My God. Wow. So they're great at shooting when they have the ball, but they also get blocked a lot and get stolen <laughs> a lot. So as long as the ball is on its way to the hoop, you can feel good about it if you're a North Texas fan. I mean, I'm predicting Tech to win both these games. Likewise. Yeah. They're both at home at the Tech? Yes, both at the Tech. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'm giving the edge to the Bulldogs on these. I I see no reason why they can't come out with the victory in both of them. Yeah. It is worth mentioning North Texas is now the best team that Tech will face, uh, at least according to Ken Palm right now. Because, again, they're at 106th in the country. And the next best team Tech plays is Western Kentucky, who has fallen to 109th. Uh, Okay. Meanwhile, Tech is 63rd. Nice. Hey. So, yeah. So, yeah. As it stands right now, that Tech would be firmly in that top pod. We have the best overall record in the conference at 12 and 4. 
uh, three and one in conference play. Charlotte's actually above everyone right now at three and zero oh in conference play. Not sure why they've only played three games, but odd. Anyway, that's weird. But as of now, the the top pod would be Charlotte, Tech, Florida Atlantic, Western Kentucky, and North Texas. So Tech just has to be in that top pod, really. Um, or I guess we don't. Nothing matters until the conference <laughs> tournament. Well, Screw it. Let's let's be in the bottom pod and then win the. The top pod gives you, I think, the top four teams, not the top five, but I think there's first-round buys involved in the tournament. So you want the top pod and a chance to have one fewer game to play. Gotcha. So you'd rather play tougher opponents in the last like week of the regular season and then get the buy. <laughs> yeah, and you can't fall further than fifth in that top pod either, so it's not like it yeah. hurts you to be in the top pod. Yeah. All, All that right. matters is well, getting, to the t- getting to the tournament. Yep. And another team that hopefully will try to make their way to the NCAA tournament is the women's team. Uh, and you have an update for how the Texters look this year. Yeah, I just wanted to to go over them real quick. You know, it's what their third season under Brooke Store, I think, uh, Brooke, and, Brooke and Scott Store. But uh, currently the Texters are nine and five overall, but one and two in conference play after dropping their first two games at southern miss and at home against utsa and then beating utep this past saturday the two games this last week kind of mirrored the men's team you know the texters i think are probably going to be middle of the pack at best in cusa which really sucks but i think shooting for the top pod like the very bottom of the top pod is kind of the highest i could see them going but this week they play at rice and at north texas and unfortunately for us Rice was the preseason favorite to win CUSA, and right now they're nine and six overall, but four and zero oh in conference. But then uh, North Texas is not good, so hopefully the <laughs> Texters can can go ahead and win. North Texas is going to be a bottom dweller in the conference this year, and I, I think it's really imperative that they win that game. I don't think they're going to beat Rice, but. You know, they have to win one of these two on the road to stay alive, to to hopefully end up either in the second pod or in the in the top pod going into the conference tournament. But yeah, I pulled up Massey ratings because they do have predictions for women's games against Rice. Massey gives Tech an eight percent chance to win for the women's team. A final score prediction of 71 to 55. And for North Texas, things get a little less bleak, but (laughs) still predicted loss, 44 percent chance to win. Final score prediction of 66 to 63. Uh, looking ahead to the rest of the year a little bit, there's two other games that are in the single digits when it comes to possibility to win, according to Massey. That's Old Dominion, which is another road game, and also on the road at Western Kentucky. Uh, Massey ranks Tech, the Texters, at number 241 in the country. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. Man, this has been be sad about the Lady Texters. It does. GTPDD. So... Uh, ho- hopefully they can get it turned around. Um, just need to keep having positive seasons and hope that eventually we can get back to contending for the conference, which is not where we wanted to be. Uh, but it's the reality now. So I was gonna say it's insane. Like that could be a whole podcast. Is I don't I don't want to make it sound more dramatic than it is, but how crazy it is. Like how upper echelon the textures were for years, for years and years, and then it's just been epic grounding of the program for the last i don't know 10 or 15 years i mean it's just gotten worse the last five or six i mean it's just i don't know like it's insane like uh i remember when i when i was going to tech uh and i had a couple of geography courses with dr mack and uh (laughs) 
he said that whenever he took the job at La Tech, that his dad was like, oh, that's great. They have an awesome women's basketball team. Like, it, it's just like, it, it's crazy. Cause like, that's what a lot of people up here identify the school. Like when they see me wear my, my tech gear, everyone's like, oh yeah, lady texters. And, uh, but it, it just makes me sad how far we've got, you know, how far the program's gone down. We still love you. We still love you guys, but it's just tough. It's a, it's a tough thing to see. Yeah. And I, I agree too. Growing up in South Louisiana where Louisiana tech was not really known all that well, that's when you ask someone about Louisiana Tech, that's what they thought of was the the women's basketball team and winning national titles. Absolutely. And and yeah, I mean we've seen Broke Stewart at least get us to the WNIT before. Tech finished tied for fourth in her first season 2016-17 and tied for third in the conference in 2017, both times making the WNIT and and falling out of the first round. But still, that shows that she's able to get this team to where it wants to be. But last year just fell apart is really what it felt like. Yeah. And this year's not really off to the greatest start it, either. It did. So this is her fourth season, I guess? Yes, this is her fourth yep. season. Okay. Uh, yep. Her first year, they went 18 and 14. Second year, went 19 and 12. And then last year, went 14 and 16 and finished 10th in the uh, conference. Uh, and yeah, this is this can be saved for another show or, or a future episode or something. The Dan Renault Kim Mulkey 10-hour special. Yeah, that that will be a fun one, and one that I'm sure Matt will, will be first RSVP to be yeah, on that show. I, will. I have a lot of very salty volcano emoji opinions about that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because when I, you know, <laughs> oh when God, well, we, we've yeah, unleashed. Yeah. I'll keep it to one brief statement. You know, when I was at Tech, like the men's basketball team was real bad my first few years, and the women's team was actually still okay under Teaspoon. Um, making love you, we, we made the NCAA in Shreveport one of my years. I don't remember which one, but you know, it, it was kind of at the point where the women's games were more exciting to watch and to be at, and people cared about them more. And I can't even imagine how it is now. And throughout the 2010s, obviously, we had the Mike White era, and then we've continued that sort of level of uh success in men's basketball. And the women's team is just basically we're we're nobodies now, and it's very, <laughs> God. very sad. No, seriously. I mean, we came in the USA last year. I mean, it's, I know. It's yeah. sad. And it if you had my told heart. somebody in like 2001 that that's where the program was headed <laughs> over the next 20 years, man, uh, they would have they would have offered Kilmulkey a 12 million year contract. But anyway, and that's uh, while Brooke Starr was on the team because she played Attack through 20, 2002. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's jump let's to see. another sport now and try to escape this dark pit of despair that is the lady texters right now uh and move to football where we could just recite over and over again that we have six straight bowl games and and try yeah. to make ourselves feel better six straight bowl games Woo. yeah yeah we got Great. that and Please. and that's rewarded with again we mentioned last week losing both our offensive coordinator and our <laughs> defensive coordinator so Man, back to the dark pit we go <laughs> but we have Nathan a new oc now list. Yeah, uh, I think it was actually like between when we recorded last week and when the episode was posted. But Tech has an OC now, and it's Joe Sloan. He's been with Tech for seven years, and we all kind of expected this when we heard that um, Fitch was leaving. He's been our associate head coach and inside wide receivers coach the past few seasons. So, like I said, we we were all kind of anticipating this, but he's only thirty three years old, and you know, coaching seems to be trending younger, and Skip is not young so uh it, it's kind of exciting for the sort of next in line and for oh, yeah. our top offensive analysts uh, i assume skip will continue to call plays but um you just roasted skip alive <laughs> 
No, that dude's he's old. <laughs> I mean, he's he's almost double the age of Joe Sloan, is all I'm saying, right? So, like, get some fresh perspective in there. Double and... the age? How old yes. do you think Skip is? Skip's like 59, isn't he? No, he's 55, you bastard. Oh, is he really? <laughs> he is only 55. Look at that. I'm, I apologize, Skip. You'll never come on the show now because I thought you were four <laughs> years older than you were. But I'm just going to hold this episode for two months until he'll be 56 <laughs> in March. And that will be wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think this is exciting. He's been around the program. He understands. I guess he's been with the team for Skip's entire tenure. Does yeah, that sound? it sounds so. Yeah. What's crazy is, though, he... If he's been with the program for seven years, he's 33. Quick maths. He's been with the team working on the coaching staff since he was 26, which is nuts. He was a GA at South Florida. And then so he joined. So has he followed Skip for like the past eight or nine years? It says he was an offensive quality control assistant at South Florida from 2010 to 2011. And then spent the 2012 season as a graduate assistant coach for the Bulls. So he's been with um, Skip for like 10 years. Yeah. He was the administrative assistant at ECU. Probably back oh when my God. Yeah, man. He's been with Skip forever. And he and he played there. Yeah. Oh he's been with Skip for like fifteen years. Yeah. So he played two thousand nine was his last year at ECU. He graduated become a grad assistant is what it looks like in twenty ten. And then when Skip was coached and just stayed with Skip along the way. Yeah, but that's a lot of stability. And and people will say that Skip is loyal to a fault at sometimes with some of the coaches that he picks, which can be a good thing sometimes because it attracts coaches because loyalty is not always given in college football, but Skip has kept this guy around for so long now that you have to think that Skip sees in him what we all hope is actually there and that he'll make a really great coach. Yeah, hope so. On his page here, it kind of shouts him out as coaching Trent Taylor. So uh, it says, yes. under Sloan's guidance, Trent Taylor finished his career with the most career receptions by a bulldog. Here's a torturous idea. Uh, J- Skip decides to go off into the sunset after his, I don't know, 15th or 16th straight bull victory with the Latik Bulldogs. As in death or as in retirement? Uh, I'm with it. Either way. He decides, uh, I'm yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he decides to retire. He hits 65. He's got his medic. He's done. So he uh, he goes off into the sunset and Joe Sloan becomes coach. You know, 10 years from now, he'll be in his early 40s. But Tim Rattay has become a prominent coordinator and it becomes down to another Kim Mulkey situation. You go with the, you know, the prodigal son, Tim Rattay, or you go with Joe Sloan. Joe Sloan becomes head coach. Tech becomes horrible. Tim Rattay becomes the head coach at, like, I don't know, Oklahoma State or, God forbid, like, LSU and wins, like, 10 national titles. Wouldn't that be fun? Anyway, let's quickly jump off this ship and and jump to the land of CUSA Twitter, the Conference USA Tweet of the Week which this week goes to a tweet from the Kusa refs account, which they previewed and had a like graphic up of the different matchups in basketball Thursday night, which I guess just didn't play out well for tech. And we should never see this again, maybe is what I'm saying, <laughs> but it looked really cool to use all the throwback, the, the old bulldog, the UTSA roadrunner that looks like a normal bird <laughs> in jogging gear, the very angry FAU owl, FIU call themselves <laughs> the sun blazers. Uh, I think the UTEP miner is hitting on me and, and everything else. The, the, my favorite actually is the North Texas Eagle that's wearing a sweater. Yeah, a sweater and a hat. That's a goofy looking thing. So yeah, the, the throwback Thursday um, logos were really cool, but don't ever do it again because we are now 0-1 when you do that. So Anyway, Evan, you got a contest update this week? Yeah, finally. so I finally, finally got around to... Uh, to grading out the Miami game. And so shout out germ dog. He won the final contest with 20 points. 
Um, I will be sending out stickers at some point. I'll I'll do it. I promise. Eventually. So the overall winner, which I don't know, Nathan, maybe you can post in a drum roll or something here. The overall winner of the contest this year is Brian Basinger, who scored 175 points overall, and he also had the best average because some of the people that had scored 20 points per contest across two decided not to play, so they don't they're not eligible. So he's he scored 13.69 points per contest. And so he will win the trophy, which my boy Kyle has printed. Yeah, he he won. He really dominated the whole season. And it was close at the end. Taylor Young was was pretty close to him. He had 166 points. So in, in the end, it was it was pretty close. And any of any of the top three or four could have won in the last week. But Brian had been number one for the last month or so. So. Uh, good job to him, and I don't know if Nathan's going to do the contest again for baseball. That's kind of up to him, but be on the lookout. We may do some fun stuff in the rest of basketball season and in baseball season. I get way too enthusiastic about baseball, so I probably yeah. can't help myself, and we'll do another contest <laughs> this year. Boo. Are you booing baseball or booing my passion for it? Uh, I would never boo someone's passion for a sport because I would argue that my love for foot, my love for football uh, is <laughs> runs deeper than the love I have for some of my family. So, oh my gosh! All right, we'll end the podcast on that. <laughs> yeah, that is on the record. <laughs> Not you, mom. I'm cutting that part out. That about wraps it up. <laughs> Please end my podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at g o t e c h p l s d n t d i e. Or head to our blog where we post things throughout the year at gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die again. Yep. Please. Please. Let's go 4 0 this week. Ew. I already knew that was getting cut, so don't worry about it. Thank Uh, Thank you, Aristotle.